We are live, episode three of the Triage Method podcast. Episode three? Episode four. That's good. That gives a nice, real, uh, live, recorded intro. But anyway, yeah, so this is episode four of the podcast. Um, If you've listened this far, thank you very much. If you're just joining, my name is Gary, this is Paddy, and we are Triage Method. And today we're going to talk a little bit about booty. Is that right? That ass. That booty. Yeah, but we're going to teach you how to build a sickening booty, whether you are male or female, because, guys, girls like a nice... What if you're a cloud person? What if you're a cloud or a plant? Even if you are a plant, we are still going to show, show you how to build a sickening behind. Because uh, both genders, or sorry, all 63 genders, um, like a good 69, nice, you have 69. it. 69, There's a million genders now. Well, actually, it's, it's, a, it's an infinite spectrum, so... Stop That's being, oh God. Anyway, you, we're going to talk about glutes. Is that right? Yes. Well, you're going to talk about glutes and I'm just going to, you know, guide the conversation. Cool. Guiding the conversation is good. So yeah, why would we want to talk about glutes in the first place? I'm going to let you discuss that. Why Why is this an important topic versus other muscle groups? Is there something special about the glutes that well, people mess up? Well, you see, with glutes, Gary, they, they have this tendency to just completely turn off in people. So I've actually noticed this myself, right? So you're walking down the street and you <laughs> see someone and, and their glutes just fucking turn right off. And, and they you just fall over. They, just fold, they, they literally just fold in half, right? They just fold in half. Nothing. I, I like you, you go over, try to help them, but they've got a glute amnesia. So they can't actually stand up straight anymore. So... Glute training is pretty important because I'm sure most people here have seen this where people's glutes just turn off <laughs> and, and they can't stand up anymore. So like talking about glutes is a very, it's, it's actually a, almost a medical condition at this stage. It's, yeah. it's, it's so widespread. You hear everyone, everyone, I mean, everyone talking about it in the fitness industry, you know, this glute, you know, you have to turn them on, you know, so it's obviously quite important. Would you agree? <laughs> I agree. But no, seriously, the term gluteal amnesia has to be one of my least favorite phrases. Like, it's it's almost insulting to people with actual neurological conditions to start talking about not being able to feel your glutes in such a medical way. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so let's scale it right back and tell you what the glutes actually do, okay? Obviously, this is going to be more helpful if you understand anatomy. If you don't, you can literally look up these terms and that will give you a good understanding in less than an hour's time okay so the glutes do three things primarily they extend the hip what that looks like is the act of thrusting your hips forward whether it's during a hip thrust or a back squat or a romanian deadlift or whatever so that movement of throwing the hips forward um, thrusting them forward as if you're humping the bar or alternatively if you're on one leg like what it's actually doing is the, is kicking your leg back so if you stand up and kick your leg backwards that's hip extension um then we've got hip abduction and that essentially means just lifting your leg out to the side so if you stand up kick out to the side that's hip abduction and then you've got hip external rotation so what that looks like is if you lift up your leg in front of you with your knee up and you rotate your foot in towards the center that's hip external rotation and that's a bit of a difficult one to remember that always catches people because the movement of the foot going in is actually the movement of the hip going out so Everyone confuses internal and external rotation. But anyway, that's kind of what the glutes do. And if you consider like the main glute exercises, it starts to kind of make sense why they're built in such a way, like why why a squat is good for the glutes because that movement of hip extension is involved and why the hip thrust is such a good glute exercise. Um, but yeah, I think that's a nice kind of way to just introduce it. But one of, one of the things I want to get out of this podcast is kind of just, I suppose, picking apart some of the exercises that people primarily girls have a tendency to use um such as girls girls you mean females females women sorry so triggering anyway um but yeah so exercises such as like push downs on the assisted pull up or dip machine that's one that's seen quite a bit um glue kickbacks on like the smith machine glue kickbacks on with cables even you know all of these exercises that kind of get just get thrown around that are supposed to feel good and supposed to be good for developing your glutes and i just don't think they're that effective what do you think right now with these things and i'm just going to play a bit of devil's advocate here this is Uh, good with with this 
right there. So you've got your your kickbacks on the Smith machine, your kickbacks on the uh, the dip station, your fucking with a cable, whatever on, on over a bench, and you're kicking legs into the air. All of those things, you can feel your glutes working. They do, and they work what's the, the glutes. There? But the problem okay, so is, what's the crack there? So why aren't why aren't why aren't they effective? Like the problem is, the glutes are a very very strong muscle. And in order to get the most out of them, what you need is as much stability as possible away from what you're actually moving, okay? So, for example, there's a machine kickback in UL. It's a Cybex machine kickback. It is very, very good because what it allows you to do is lock in the rest of your body so that all that is moving is your hip joint, okay? And you've got a stable place for the foot and all that, and that's a great exercise. So it's not the movement of kicking the hip back or kicking the foot back that is necessarily bad but what ends up happening if you're in standing right and you're on one leg so you're, you're already on one leg you've got a cable attached to the to your foot which is at the end of a long lever that probably isn't pulling directly forward now you've got a big challenge challenge on stability and balance so you're not going to be able to produce much force okay so your body's going to want to do absolutely everything to produce that movement like not using your glutes which is why you'll typically see girls or females women complaining of back pain or you'll see them sticking sticking their arse out quite a bit or doing anything that involves not using the glutes to their best of their capability because when we're trying to react in terms of like being put off of our balance or whatever we don't react to that in a real coordinated like perfectly tuned movement it's more so like whatever way we can stop ourselves from falling we just go with that and i think that makes sense so stability is probably the main problem with the most of those exercises would you agree yeah also the fact that they don't really first of all tax the glutes effectively because like if you're like the glutes as you said are powerful muscles you look up an image of them you can see that they're, they're pretty big muscles you look like at whatever fitness models male or female and they have big glutes so you can physically see the glutes are big muscles mm-hmm. so do you really think this exercise where you're only able to lift five kilos in is going to be taxing them effectively and then also consider that most of these exercises don't fit the strength profile exactly. of the glutes effectively at all so right so there's a lot of exercises out there that potentially are just shit exercises for the glutes. So give us a rundown of, without actually naming the exercise, give us a rundown of how you can effectively load the glutes. And what I mean by that is, like, what should we be looking at in terms of, say, movement patterns with, or when we want to target the glutes? Because then we can kind of reverse engineer it a bit and then start picking exercises. Because if people know what they're actually trying to achieve with each of these exercises, then they can understand when and how to bring in a bit more variety into their training. Because ultimately, like, yes, you do want to pick the best bang for your book exercises, but training has to be fun and you don't want to be doing just the same exercise over and over and over again and hoping that it works. Like you do want to have a little bit of fun with training at the same time as progressing. So take us through a few of the movements you can do in the gym or anywhere, whatever, that are going to effectively target the glutes. And then we can start thinking of what exercises are going to do that. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the glutes, like in general, from a, a muscular development perspective, I would probably start with anything where two of your legs are working at the same time and where the rest of your body is as stable as possible. Like I think that's a pretty good starting point. Um, from there, anything that primarily involves movement of the hip joint which generally looks like you kind of bending over like if you am i not allowed to name exercises because <laughs> this is happening. no you can you can name them if, you can name them if you're going to describe the movement pattern but yeah, yeah. We'll get into actual exercises yeah so for a, a sort of hip hinge or deadlift variation where you're actually looking at primarily movement of the hip as opposed to the knee okay um and then if you were to look at like a so that that that's your hip extension based movement where you're primarily just moving at the hip Um, but that also takes place during a a squat variation because your hip is moving quite a bit but we've also got more movement at the knee joint as well so when it comes to squat variations you're typically looking at those that maximize movement at the hip and maybe have a little bit less movement at the knee um, which is why 
some people will feel that their glutes do a lot during the squat um, because maybe they don't get through their full range of motion at the knee and they kind of reach their mm. end range of motion at the hip. Um, and then when it comes to the actual like isolating the glutes a little bit more because i suppose those exercises do have other muscle groups involved um anything where your knee when your knees are already bent up to around 90 degrees and you're purely extending the hips from there is very effective um so i'm sure you can kind of visualize that as any sort of kind of hip thrust variation um but also what you then start to do is as you move away from hip extension, because this might be what you want to do if you actually really want to maximize your glute development, if you want to actually start challenging external rotation and adduction as well. So this is why you will see people use bands around the knees for glute training <coughs> because it adds an extra kind of line of force against those movements when the knees are bent, for example, in hip thrust. But another really another exercise that I quite like quite a bit is the um, seated hip abduction because what that allows is you to actually work work through the full full range into abduction with the most amount of weight um, as opposed to just throwing a band on just for the sake of it because yeah it'll mm. fire up your glutes a little bit more but realistically you're not really working through the actual range um, because there are three glute muscles the glute max glute med and glute min and they do have different functions so it is good to try and kind of get all of them in there if you can um, and then finally the if you want to get some get the glutes into their fully sharp position with external rotation and a bit of abduction what you can do is a frog pump i'm not sure if brett Contreras coined that he probably did realistically because he's the king of glutes and all that so the frog pump is quite a good exercise this is essentially where your feet are kind of together and you essentially perform a hip thrust then so i know i mentioned exercises there because i am mindful that yeah, yeah. it's easy for us to visualize anatomy for other people it's not quite as easy but um yeah any follow-up questions and we can get into specific right episodes. so let's let's get this down right so you're saying some sort of hip hinging type movement and it doesn't actually have to be like a classical hip hinge in terms of like say a deadlift it could be the squat as well Good. where you are kind of hinging hinging at that hip right and mm-hmm. um, then we're talking about some abduction as well so either banding at the knees or you know the abduction machine i'm a fan of that mm-hmm. um um and then obviously straight up just hip extension whatever way you choose to do that yeah like hip thrust or something yeah so we're looking at that right now within that paradigm within that understanding there are some exercises that people are going to feel really target their glutes that aren't necessarily within those categories or wouldn't be you wouldn't automatically think they are in those categories mm-hmm. one i'm kind of thinking of now is say a lean forward uh, lunge now obviously yeah. it does fit in that paradigm and you can see and i can see like anatomically how that is actually just a different movement hidden like it's almost like a squat but you, we can see that but why are people feeling that exercise a lot more than say a squat in their glutes you know even though they're kind of a similar movement pattern like what's going on there yeah i do quite i do quite like the lunge um but i think a lot of people kind of just they kind of bastardize it and just jump around but the lunge is very the lunge the lunge is useful for the glutes because what the lunge does very often especially when you lean forward um and the knee maybe isn't driven the whole way over the toe what ends up happening is you have this big challenge on the loop because you've, you've when you lean forward what ends up happening is you replicate full kind of hip flexion which basically takes the glutes into their lengthened range um and because your leg is also in front of you and it's not you can't really move it out quite as much there's a tendency for the hip to to move into a little bit of internal rotation where the knee comes in and that is actually where the glutes are in their fully kind of length and range. So not when the knees are actually out at the bottom of a squat. So that's why people will feel it there in the length and range more so than they will on other exercises. And that feeling of a stretch is what people look for. You know, people like that. But mm. at the same time, it doesn't necessarily mean that just because you feel that, that it's the best glute exercise. Because what we have to remember is that you're quite unstable during that exercise. Is it going to be the best for really building strength in your glutes? Probably not. And when I would include that in a program would probably be towards the third or fourth exercise where you're looking more at kind of hmm. metabolic style stuff where you're you're looking for the higher rep work um because it is it is a useful exercise but again i think it's important to not just rely on short-term feel 
and actually look at, okay, how stable is this exercise? How much force can I produce? And am I getting stronger over time? Okay, so we've brought in a few kind of things there, uh, kind of with program design as well. So I suppose it behooves us now to actually kind of talk about what exercises we would ideally like people to see. Yeah, we can give people, we ideally. can give like a sample glute day. <laughs> yeah, well, we won't even go into a full thing because yeah. I want to actually give people not just like, oh, here's one sample because what oh, we yeah, do then yeah, is they think like that is the be all and end all. What I want people to be able to do is kind of think from this and go, okay, so that's why I'm including that and that's where I would include that. Like you're already saying like, uh, a lunge especially a leaned forward lunge like you might go okay that's going to be that's not going to be an effectively loaded exercise i'm not going to be able to exhibit the most amount of force with that so maybe it does have a part in my program but it's further down the line in the program okay so if you're designing <clears throat> your best glute day you're going you've got a client signs up at you and she he they z says <laughs> that they want to get massive and i mean massive glutes Huge. in the, silver in the back shortest amount of glutes. time yeah like well silverback gorillas don't actually have that big of glutes but anyway um hippo glutes yeah there yeah, we go now glutes. we're talking <laughs> right anyway they want to have the biggest glutes possible in the shortest amount of time like they're thinking right next summer i want to have i want to be like the glute queen the glute king the <laughs> glute fucking cloud person whatever you know that's their goal shortest amount of time they're giving themselves three months to build some absolute cakes what we do <laughs> right um firstly like i actually i got a question earlier kind of saying that um i got a question earlier about like kind of hinder, hindering towards maybe or hinting at that or oh, having a glute day maybe isn't what you want to do but like I kind of think like you know if you want to build your glutes why not have a day that is focused on training glutes you know I think people are kind of so stuck in their old ways that they're just like oh no you can't have a glute day you can't have an arm day and I'm just like man if it's your goal go and do it that's okay with me <laughs> like it, it completely depends like if you're a bodybuilder and your arms are fucking shit like yeah. it actually does behoove you to fucking have an arm yes. day just dedicated to arms yeah like, like they're not going to grow by magic like, yeah if you need to do it then do it so yeah let's say we were to have a like I, I can't wait i can't wait till i get onto my next program oh, i'm doing 40 calves. calves like i can't wait like oh i can't wait <laughs> exciting <laughs> yeah not gonna happen <laughs> but anyway um so yeah i kind of quite like the the hip thrust as a base ex base exercise for a lot of people. Um, I just think the fact that you've got a very wide base of support by virtue of kind of stabilizing your back and also planting your feet on the floor in a kind of a wide position, you've got a really nice base of support to produce a lot of force. So that's an example of where we've got maximum amount of stability and where we can really work those glutes into their sh pretty much their shortened range. Um, and through that mid-range where they are very, very strong. So that's why you'll see people moving quite a lot of weight there. And I also like it because what you can do is focus on posteriorly tilting the pelvis, which is essentially if you stand up and you try and put your little dicky in your belly button or tuck your, your tailbone up under you, that's that kind of movement, okay? So the opposite of sticking your arse out. Um, that's posterior, posterior pelvic tilt. Wait, 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 wait. Let me get this right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on for a second. <laughs> so that that thing you see, all these fitzbos, predominantly female fitzbos do, where they stick their bum out while they're doing exercises. The that opposite. may actually, that may actually be the opposite of what you want to do when you want to build glutes. Literally the opposite of what you want to do. <laughs> literally so okay, it's, okay. it's okay, that makes sense it's, okay it's so so what you're saying what, yeah, what you're saying is go on to your favorite inspo your fitspo see what they are doing to train their glutes and do the opposite exactly so literally do the opposite because it okay, is the very it right, is just, the just ve know, yeah. <laughs> it is the very thing that people do to try and show off the glutes that actually compromises their ability to grow them not a really good uh, okay. thing is so it? <laughs> what i always like to what i always like to get people to visualize this and girls females women whatever they can generally visualize this better than guys can so if you kind of tuck the pelvis in and you can feel like your bum kind of 
feels like it goes to like cottage cheese you know like yeah. the fat deposits on your, <laughs> your bum kind of go, go, goes like cottage cheese you're like oh it definitely doesn't look sexy you know it's kind of a bit wrinkly and you're like oh maybe a bit of cellulite that's what you actually want that to do that is literally what you want glutes in. so cottage cheese glutes is what you want to think you of when you're training glutes. glutes exactly okay so that kind of tied in with one of the questions that i got earlier on instagram about people who are doing like like small little female like fitspos who are maybe doing like they might be like 50 kilos body weight and they're doing like 150 kilo hip thrust to be fair a lot of the time it's not done very well now while like mm. the glutes are a strong muscle you can move a lot of weight what you do want to get out of the exercise is that posterior pelvic tilt. So if you don't feel you're able to tuck your bum up under you and you've got an arch in your back during the exercise, just pull the weight back. You'll get more out of it. Okay, so we've got that hip thrust, all right? We've got that hip extension in there. What I kind of like in there next, just because it's probably not going to be dedicated purely to glutes, would be a Romanian deadlift. I just really like them as an exercise. But the one thing, again, that I would say is that, oh, like, a lot of females in particular, and you know, guys do this too, and that's why people experience back pain quite a bit, have a tendency to just stick their arse out up in the air because, again, it feels like you're working your glutes better if you do that or you, you at least think that. But what that does is it drags the origin of the hamstring up because it attaches up there to the pelvis. And what ends up happening is as that ischial tuberosity is pulled up, the hamstring is lengthened, so your hamstrings reach their length and range early. And hence, all you feel is hamstring out of that exercise, along with some lower back pain. Okay, so if you can actually keep a more neutral, m neutral pelvic position and a neutral spine by bracing your abs, what you end up doing is allowing the glutes to do a bit more work. So again, that's something that is important. So we've got our hip thrust, and this this that's actually a pretty hard thing to do without seeing it done. Because like I like I like the cue of thinking of your pelvis or thinking of those two kind of sit bones. I know you're saying the two bras yeah, and stuff, but if you think of them as like the two bones that you, the two bones that you kind of sit on when you're sitting down, those two bones that you can kind of feel like if you sit on a bench or something, you're mm -hmm. like, Oh, those, there's two bones on my bone that I can kind of feel that I'm sitting on. If you think of those, that's what Gary is talking about. And visualizing a Romanian deadlift or something like that. Like I like to kind of think of sending them up towards the sky. Okay. So it's all pelvic tilt. So you're all, it's all just tilting the pelvis. However, what we're saying here is you want to actually think about that movement a bit more than just tilting the pelvis because you could just be tilting the pelvis and have your legs completely locked out straight. And that isn't, going to well it'll target the hamstrings effectively because it'll be fucking tearing them exactly. off the bone but it's also also going to be taxing your erectors and stuff way more and your glutes aren't going to be getting a huge amount of the load so with that romanian deadlift how are we going to make that more glute focused while still getting some of the hamstring benefit but also taking out any of the the lower back pain like what kind of cues yeah. are you looking at because i know that's one that kind of people They'll either feel it, their back is limiting them, or they'll feel like their hamstrings are going to tear from the bone, like yeah. they've reached their, their end range of hamstrings. So what are we doing to kind of feel the, the glutes a bit more than that? Or even are we banding it maybe to kind of fit the resistance profile yeah. better? Like talk me through like your kind of your thought process right, so here so we can go, let, okay, let, yeah, go on. Yeah, we'll create the perfect example. So as you said, using the bands and all that as well. So first thing I start, I like to start off with when I teach someone any lift that involves a barbell is how to breathe because people don't really know how to do it very well. So in terms of actually taking a deep breath, tightening up your abs, because this is what people don't do. They just tighten up their back and rely fully on their lower back muscles for core stability. So actually tighten up your abs. You know, you're not, you're not trying to just push out your belly into this big kind of swollen belly, but you're actually tightening up the abs okay so tighten the abs what that does is create a lot of pressure within your abdomen to support your spine so that you don't have to focus then on completely just dragging the, those hips up and trying to shorten your lower back muscles okay so once you've got that stable spine you're kind of in a bit more control from there what you want to do is ensure that your lats are tight so focus on actually tucking your elbows uh, or tucking your upper arms into your sides one of the cues i like is imagine you're holding something in your armpits and keep it there throughout the lift okay so you're keeping those lats tight now your whole upper torso is supported we don't have to worry about that you don't need to focus on shortening your lower back muscles anymore 
then what you can do from there is allow for a little bend in the knee, okay? Particularly when you're trying to ta target the glutes because the hamstrings cross both the hip and the knee, but the glutes cross just the hip, okay? So, but if you can focus on bending the knee a little bit, you can shift more of that force onto the glutes. So a five to 10 degree knee bend is plenty. Then as you're shifting the hips back, as Paddy said, you're focused on shifting those sit bones up towards the ceiling, but it's more so that you have the intent of pushing the hips back and keeping that hip those hips up as opposed to actively trying to shorten your lower back muscles and lift your ass up further because that's not the goal we've created stability there and that's what we want so as you come down then one of the things i quite like is actually thinking about screwing your feet into the floor so when your feet are on the floor instead of just being completely passive imagine you're trying to actually shift your foot outwards and rotate it clockwise because what that does is engage the glutes through that external rotation of the hip as well so as if your knees are kind of rotating out a bit um, and then from there if you really want to ensure that you're optimizing glute recruitment you could attach a band around your waist that would be attached to a rack behind you so a band coming from behind you around your hips because what that does is increase the challenge at the easiest point in the range which is actually the top okay so the exercise is very difficult at the bottom because the essentially the moment arm to the hip the challenge to the hip is just getting bigger as you descend but it's getting really easy towards the top so adding a band can even that out a little bit and make for an awesome glute exercise do you think that's fair that sounds good and just a few other cues in case people kind of something yeah. else resonates with them breathing on that as well like if you can think of taking your deepest breath in and filling all the way down to your mm -hmm. pelvic floor you'll kind of feel what uh, like because gary's saying like you want to tighten your core and some people can kind of go i, I don't know how, how am i tightening my core am yeah. i sucking in am i pushing out like if you just think of taking your deepest breath in like you almost want to breathe into your balls like literally <laughs> you know all, all the way down that, that's what you want to think like all the way down to the pelvic floor like that's where you want to fill the lungs so you want to start thinking like filling the bottom first before you fill up to the top of your lungs i mean and you'll feel that abs naturally kind of contract and that's the kind of the feeling you want to have called the valsalva maneuver yeah. you know you're not actually uh, tightening into it so far just breathing but that's the kind of bracing you want to feel with that and then on the topic of putting your feet into the ground and screwing them into the ground some people can kind of feel that throws them off and they don't know where their knees are moving and stuff yeah i like to use sometimes with like that if you think of being on a leg press or something or even on the ground like you're trying to slide the feet away yeah. from each other you're trying to push into the feet but slide them away from each other so you're almost trying to spread the ground apart that can sometimes help you kind of think of that external rotation rather than thinking of actually rotating the feet which you can kind of turn or throw some people off anyway so that's that's the ordl we've got some sort of hip extension like the hip thrust we've got an ordl now what's next um so right there we've got an exercise where we really challenged that short range or close to it on the hip thrust we've really challenged um the lengthened range or close to it on the the rdl where it would go from there if possible i really like a seated hip abduction but to be honest a lot of gyms don't have it it's a bit of a problem but look is what it is and um, so a seated hip abduction is a really really nice one to add in alternatively you could like you could just kind of cycle between different exercises every two every couple of training phases and just keep with that basic like your hip thrust and your rdl are kind of always in there um so what you could do is you could do a hip abduction if you have access to a machined loop kickback they're really really good um but they're rare as well and i'm just not a fan of the cable ones i don't think they're great um or what other exercises would i recommend 45 degree hip extension is a nice one um i really do like that as well um but if you've done the first two you probably don't need to do it but you know if you need the extra volume or you want extra inspiration every now and then 45 degree hip extension is a really really nice one um in terms of unilateral exercises if you're going to go with that third exercise you could also put in your um lunge variation so a lunge or alternatively a bulgarian split squat or barbell split squat any sort of any sort of dumbbell or barbell split squat is quite nice for the glutes as well. Um, so you could use that as your third exercise and then maybe even as your fourth, do one of those, your hip abduction or your frog pump or your glute kickback. One of those kind of ones that are going to be more appropriate for higher reps. 
but as that third exercise yeah i probably would go with a lunge or split squat variation um the cues i would kind of look for there would be to keep the knee over the midfoot or the heel at the bottom of the rep because what that does is really increase the challenge on the hip muscles but also what you want to focus on is not just putting all of your weight onto the back leg because this is what a lot of people do especially when they kind of keep the knee a little bit further back because instead of working the glutes they just shift back onto the back leg and just let the hip flexor of that leg do all the work and the quad um so keeping the weight on the front foot leaning forward slightly can be good but to be honest i would normally teach it without that lean forward first it's a better way of grasping it um and also in terms of foot position make sure you're trying to actively grip the floor with your foot okay you know you would never get onto a bench press and just simply grab the bar with an open hand and not grab the bar or have any sort of stability because you would feel quite unstable Um, and it's a similar concept with any sort of lower body exercise so grip the floor and then from there you're just focused on controlling through the range um, and kind of pushing your knee out making sure it's not coming in too much bracing the rest of your body and that's it i think that would be yeah so that's a a kind of a good structure for training the glutes and obviously there's way more subtle nuances to the overall structure of your program rep ranges and whatever else like what what, what's the overall goal of the program but if it's just i just want to have a workout fully dedicated to glutes that can be one way of structuring it and if it's a lower priority you can kind of pick like if you were if i was to ask you what's your most bang for your book exercise for glutes like say me i'm just gonna i want to train predominantly if i can speak even predominantly i want to just increase my squat but you know i want a little bit of extra hypertrophy of the glutes what exercise do i do given that it's going to be towards the end of my workout am i going to choose something I don't know, like what's what's going to be my most bang for my book? Is it going to be a hip thrust? Is it going to be like a glute bridge? Is it going to be, you know, a seated abduction? What, what are you thinking most bang for my book? Most bang for your book, I would say the hip thrust. I just think it is the one exercise that really allows you to keep everything stable and to work the glutes pretty much in isolation and produce the most amount of force. Um, anecdotally with clients who have been kind of strength focused as well um, with the goal of improving their squat I've seen really good return on investment from including the hip thrust Um, so whether that's a thing or not it makes sense (laughs) but yeah no I've seen nice nice um, practical results in that to go with the theory which is nice one thing I I did want to add as well in relation to the squat um, probably should clear it up is that there is this notion that deep squats or ass to grass is the best for building glutes and to be honest i'd probably disagree um i think that the problem with people trying to just squat as deep as possible with the goal of building the glutes is that very often you end up going beyond the range that you actually have available at the hip using all of your range at the knee and then bouncing off of the knee or quads or whatever you want to call it and then actually just ending up in the same place where the glutes kind of kick in again which is at that kind of parallel position where the hips are a bit further back um so if i was squatting purely with the goal of glute development i would be more inclined to focus on taking my time as i come down finding the point where i really feel like my hips are kind of reaching their end of their range which is probably around 90 degrees or parallel or whatever for most people um and just focusing more on that kind of sitting back cue i think that's a useful way of approaching the squat with glute development. Yeah, a lot of people as well will go for deeper squats and then obviously have to use a lighter weight and yeah. given that the way the strength profile of the glutes is and how if you're able to handle a little bit of a heavier weight in that kind of top half you'll actually be overloading the glutes with more volume given that you'll be lifting more weight yeah. in that like half rep of a thing so maybe half rep squats like well it's parallel um is going to be a better exercise for the glutes i also actually do like box squats for this now yeah. given a lot of people train box squats absolutely fucking cancerously um <laughs> I, I, i'm, I'm hesitant to just recommend them you know off the cuff because you actually even like top level power lifters you see they just sit back onto the box oh rock kills back, me <laughs> and, then, and then rock forward and come up and it's like you've actually just gotten rid of the benefit of this exercise like you want it to carry over to your other squats that aren't box squats and 
you're teaching yourself a completely different movement to that. Now, get a bit of variety in your training is always good. So there is a, a time and a place for a squat like that if there is a goal to it. But if you're trying to improve your squat or if you're trying to improve your legs or your glutes, that probably isn't the best way to use a box squat. And something like finding that range you talked about there a second ago, setting the box at that level and just barely tipping off the box with again with those kind of sit bones and then coming back up to your squat is probably or the top of your squat is probably going to be the best way to get the most from that exercise but i actually do like box squats for glute development or same again with more machine-based squats like a v squat like that's a really nice one yeah you can really dial that into to just target the glutes obviously there are other muscles contributing but that's a very nice one squat wise to kind of to get the glutes in isolation i agree i agree and i suppose we couldn't have a conversation about glutes and not talk about switching them on because okay so before we get on before we get on to this i wanted to ask another question what are what are your thoughts on a glute bridge versus a hip thrust now i personally think a glute bridge is a better exercise than the hip thrust okay just due to the way the the fibers of the glutes align however i would predominantly recommend the hip thrust because it is easier to set up to load and get strong at versus the glute bridge we can kind of which can sometimes feel like the weight is kind of falling back towards you and is sometimes harder to set up what are your thoughts i think we chatted about this a few weeks ago and i actually agree i agree that on paper the glute bridge and what patty means here is that your back is actually kind of on the floor or lower down as opposed to up on a bench that's at the same height as your knees um on paper, I think it's a better exercise. It makes more sense from the perspective of recruiting more of the larger bunches of fibers of glute max because um, they just align a bit better. Um, and also in terms of just making the resistance profile a bit more favorable. So yeah, on paper, I think it's a better exercise. But in practice, I think people have a tendency to focus a bit too much on just using their lower back muscles. Like I think people, when they do this exercise, they just use them far more. So unless I was coaching someone in person, I probably wouldn't include it very often or unless I knew they were very competent already in terms of executing the exercise effectively. Um, Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree with that. And I often like to use the hip thrust as your main kind of loading exercise and then use kind of glute bridges for more metabolic work purely because it does kind of get a lot well a lot more glute fibers in there or rather it aligns better with the glute fibers so you can really drive a lot of blood into the muscle there and really feel that blood being driven into the muscle so kind of higher reps in the like 20 to 25 rep range like you would do with say frog pumps or something i kind of like glute bridges for that unless i've been training someone for a while even online um and i know that they're able to perform glute bridges effectively and then can actually load the glutes up rather than loading the lower back up. I agree. I agree. Uh, now, before before we get on to glute activation, I want you to tell us why do some people feel their quads working when they're trying to train glutes? Okay, there's some sort of paradox here. Um, <laughs> now, why, why is that and why... This also kind of explains why people doing something like a glute kickdown, I don't know what exercise you call it, on a dip station where they're essentially doing a leg press on a dip station. Why are they feeling that in the glute? Well, to be fair, on that exercise, there is a challenge to the glute. Like there's no denying that. There is a Mm. moment arm to the hip. There's no denying that. Um, Are you getting at, are you getting at, why some people feel the glutes more than they should during squat variations or just generally no i want to know why if i'm doing a hip thrust why do i feel my quads working Ah, okay fair enough okay so when you do a hip thrust there's kind of two reasons why you would feel your quads working firstly because as the 
quads, as you come up into the top of the range, you're actually essentially kind of stretching a part of the quad. So particularly if you have tight quads or tight hip flexors or whatever, you will feel a sensation on your quads at the top because as you posteriorly tilt the pelvis, what you do is stretch the rectus femoris portion of the quad, which then gives you a kind of a sensation throughout the quad where it's being stretched and it feels like it's working quite a bit. So that's kind of the first one that's kind of indirect. But there's also the fact that um, you technically can use your quads to produce the movement because as you try to, if you push away from yourself, like if you push your feet away while doing the exercise and you focus on actually extending the knee, then that can in turn help with extending the hip in that movement because generally like what you're doing there with the glutes is passively extending the knee, meaning that you're not trying to necessarily focus on what's happening at the knee or focus on contracting your quads. By virtue of extending the hip, you then extend the knee joint. Um, so it's kind of working the opposite way around there. So one, like a nice way to kind of focus on kind of calming that down a little bit in the hip thrust variation is to focus on like again screwing your feet in or spreading your feet wider um while pushing the knees out because otherwise if you're focusing only on pushing the weight up there's a tendency to just push your feet away from yourself which causes the the quads to work a bit more um but also what you can do is it's a hard one to explain and visualize but if you have a band and you pull your feet away so that your hamstrings have to kind of pull back, it really just switches off the quads completely and forces the glutes to do more of the work. So you're pushing more towards hip extension because you've essentially turned or put a challenge against knee flexion, which turns off the extension, if that, if that makes sense. So basically what it would look like, imagine you set, it, set yourself up in front of a rack and you had a band around the rack and you were pulling your feet forward as if you're trying to trip you up. Make sense? Yeah. Makes sense, that makes sense. Um, now that's perfect right now so glute activation what are we doing should we do it do we need to do it do athletes need to do it are the glutes constantly turned off does sitting turn your glutes off <laughs> is glute amnesia a real thing that you should be worried about yeah this is uh, this is kind of one of those things that i think because it's so popular that people actually get even more of a benefit from doing it purely from placebo <laughs> like it's funny so i'm like i don't want to ruin it for people because i'm like you know if you're getting a benefit from it by all means do it um but glute activation it's really no different to any other like sort of activation or whatever you want to call it or warm-up essentially like the whole concept of glute amnesia in my small view of the world is just because people sit down for so long or whatever it's not like you're switching off nerves so this is the kind of idea where people think that like you're nearly severing nerves or your glutes just don't work but rather it's because people often are stuck in this posture as we spoke about earlier where they have an anterior pelvic tilt so their ass is stuck out they really don't know how to control their the movement of their trunk like they don't know how to control the movement of their spine or the movement of their pelvis and as a result by using these activation exercises at the start of a training session, what you're you're basically just practicing the movements. You're practicing a posterior pelvic tilt. You're practicing hip extension on its own. You're pushing blood into the glutes to encourage them getting warmed up and ready to work. And you're kind of increasing the ability of the nerves um, to produ to produce force or to activate the muscles um, before your session. <clears throat> but the idea that everyone's glutes are just switched off is a bit false and it's more so the fact that people are just generally weak have poor body awareness and poor ability to coordinate movements using the muscles that should be working and i don't think that a few activation exercises are going to fix that by any means i think it's more so a case of practicing moving your body properly and practicing strengthening all of the muscles around a joint that are responsible for its strength integrity or whatever i think that's a fair summary or what would you add i don't know i got i got bored halfway through, i know you so did you're on your phone you fuck <laughs> no no i was actually listening um yeah no that seems like a very fair enough summary but are you then saying that there is no benefit to you know activation exercises or are you saying that there is a benefit for some populations and i suppose what i'm asking is should people stop doing their glute activation 
is it actually providing them any benefit? Yeah, see, this is the thing. Like, I think a lot of people probably would, when when refuting this, would go to the other side of things and saying, "Oh, it's retarded," and I don't think that. Like, I think glute activation is useful. I just don't like calling it glute activation. I'm just like, man, it's your warm up. It's the same as any other warm up. It's not. A special thing so it's not that your glutes there is a problem with your glutes like when people say that your glutes don't fire my glutes aren't firing like yes they are like the the reason muscles often work is because your body is positioned in such a way that you have put them in a position to produce force like the, it, it does come back to biomechanics at the end of the day if you have created an internal torque requirement so there's a sufficient there's a that muscle is in a favorable position to produce force, it's going to probably do the work outside of neurological conditions. So like if you're able to set your body up in such a way that you're actively working that muscle and you don't have limiting factors such as other tight muscles that have more of an advantage, then you're going to be just fine. So what I would do, if, if you don't feel your glutes doing any work, I would first analyze my technique during the exercises that I'm actually doing. Am I setting things up properly? Or am I just kind of going through the motion? Am I able to control the movement of my spine? Am I bracing effectively? Am I just sticking my arse out and in a posterior or anterior pelvic tilt all the time? Like they're kind of your priorities. And then after that, okay, I've got really, really tight hamstrings and tight spinal erectors. And as a result, they're kind of just doing a lot of my movement when I'm running. Because that's what you see a lot of the time. Because again, people haven't actually strengthened their glutes and they've never gone through the the movement patterns as such that are required for your glutes to work so as a result there's kind of this overcompensation through the hamstrings and lower back and basically i think if you scale it all back to just doing things properly it's a pretty good route to improving things okay so what you're saying is analyze your technique make sure you're actually doing the exercises like they're supposed to be done mm. perhaps you know change some of your workout around like we were talking about earlier on but if they were finding some benefit by doing a few sets of, I don't know, band clams or something or banded monster walks or whatever mm-hmm. before their training, they're going, okay, I kind of feel my glutes turning on. They're building a bit of a proprioceptive connection with their glutes. They're kind of going, okay, I feel them. They're warmed up a little bit. Like that's perfectly fine. That's okay. They can continue yeah. doing that. And that's like, and that like a lot of that is a motor learning thing. Like people are learning how to actually use yeah. the muscles. But if you want to talk about what activation actually is, like that's it's a concept of post activation potentiation, which is essentially after you have used a muscle and you give it a little bit of time, what it does is recruit. Firstly, you can do the same amount of work, like produce the same amount of force with less motor units being recruited, and then after that, you're able to recruit recruit more motor units. So. To actually put the concept, to actually put activation into practice, what you would be more so looking at would be something like a really difficult isometric that you hold for whatever, 10 to 30 seconds, then you give yourself a little bit of break, and then you do your exercise. So even if you done, did, if you did, did, I'm learning, if you did as one of your warm-ups, if you got, like, put your, set put, 50% to one at max on a barbell hip thrust or whatever and just hold it there, focus on squeezing the glutes as hard as you possibly can, then you're going to get some benefits in terms of post-activation potentiation. There are lots of different ways of doing that. Which way benefits different people is individual specific. Um, but yeah, I would use that in conjunction with a general warm-up that is focused on actually feeling the muscles working. Because that's ultimately the thing that most people don't do. And that's why people get such benefits from activation-based exercises. Because for once, they're actually focusing on the target muscle. Whereas what they do normally is just kind of dilly-dally and around a certain exercise, jump in and out of it, you know. Um, So yeah. Get strong. Do it well. Just treat it like a warm-up. Your glutes are firing. You just need to get strong. Fair? Right. So that should... should, uh have everyone's glutes built um now before we end the topic of glutes if i was to just do squats and i was to just do olympic style squats am i going to build significant glutes maybe (laughs) but 
Nah, it's probably not the best way of going about things. Um, okay. Olympics I see are, that argument quite a lot where it's like, just just do just do squats. Just do squats. It builds the glutes. It's like, like there's still better yeah. exercise. That's like saying, just, just do chin-ups to build your biceps. Like, yes, it does target your biceps to some extent, but it's probably not the most bang for your book bicep exercise. Yeah, like I just think that those kind of, like, like some people are just so attached to certain exercises they, they just come out and make those kind of uneducated slurs and to me it's like just you know if someone runs if you go up to a, a 10k runner and ask them how they train they're not going to tell you that i do 10ks every day because that's what i do you know much much like a squatter doesn't or a squatter or someone who's looking to build those muscles doesn't need to just do those exercises there are other ways of doing things okay and other exercises will help you towards your goal even if it does seem a little bit specific so just because the muscle or an exercise works the glutes doesn't mean it's the only way of doing it or the best way of doing it um mm. so yeah i don't think they're that makes sense the only or best way of building glutes that makes sense right we're at 50 minutes now so we'll kind of wrap this up we were going to talk about you know dealing with nights out over christmas but i think we'll save that for our next one next week so in the last few minutes here now gary tell us how has placement been how have you been dealing because i know you've been sleeping about one minute a night and um, three minutes so how, how have you yeah <laughs> oh that's up um <laughs> how have you been dealing with you know managing training managing your stressors or is it a case of fuck it it's transient i just get done when i can get done and that's it um i've been do i suppose i've been doing my best to kind of keep things together um so like it's been it's been two weeks i've been in placement now um and so far like what i kind of done proactively was reduce my training to around four days a week um my calories are around maintenance um and that that's how i'm kind of doing things on the whole training and nutrition side of things because for me, it didn't really make it doesn't make sense for me to push on and try and make this my main muscle building phase by being in a significant calorie surplus when I'm not sleeping enough and I'm stressed off my tits and I'm just not in a good place to build muscle. Like it doesn't make sense. Um so yeah, kind of just keeping those things ticking over, primarily focused on that, just supporting my health. Um sleep is at around five to six hours a night, which is undoubtedly suboptimal. Um so at the weekend. What I'm trying to do is kind of catch up, repay that sleep debt a little bit. So trying to get around, I got eight hours Friday night, which I was like, oh, yes. And then Saturday night, I was like, I'm going to beat this. And I got 10 hours, about well, nine and a half, but I'm calling it 10, <laughs> calling it 10. Uh, so yeah, that that's, that's a nice way, if you are really, really stuck for time, of at least trying to get some of the health benefits of sleep. Because yeah, you can, you can repay a sleep debt and you can kind of, it, it won't cause as much of a defect to your health. Um, as if you didn't repay that but at the same time you should should still be aiming for your seven to nine hours a night so disclaimer um in terms of stressors as i said reducing training stress um but also kind of not doing like not doing a lot of the i guess accessory things that i would normally do or get flustered about doing like even just reading reading random research on the internet and stuff like not wasting time on that kind of stuff <laughs> um because while it may be useful it's not the priority at this moment in time um what else have i been doing um i guess just kind of fucking getting on with it like you know <laughs> it's i don't enjoy it um period um i would much rather to not be doing it um i obviously can't say too much about placement because i'm being marked and if my educator hears me talking really badly about it <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna be like shit uh, but yeah no i look that 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 is something i do kind of want to get across to people though is that like being on placement i don't like it i don't enjoy it but it's one of those things where it's like oh it's a short-term sacrifice for our long-term goal and people do have to get used to kind of making those short-term sacrifices because there's this idea that you know oh if you do what you love you'll uh, never work a day in your life and fuck it man please show me that path because that will be great crack because we work hard <laughs> to be fair i think um like paddy's in college as well and i'm in college and both of those things are towards our long-term goal which is undoubtedly what we love to do so something that supports your long-term goal may feel like fucking shit in the short term um and that's okay 
All right. Is that fair enough, Paddy? <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's fucking fair. Like I have exams coming up and I'd actually just can't wait to get them over with. Like yeah. I almost wish they were tomorrow purely so I can get back to like writing more content for the triage militia. Um so yeah, I'm with you with you on that because like realistically like, college is a means to an end. Like, yes, I do enjoy learning and I do definitely enjoy the college environment and, you know, being in a, a system that's just constantly challenging, challenging yeah, me. I agree. Um, but I still, I still rather be challenging myself and working towards my goals rather than just working on a program that someone else has set forth for me saying, oh, you have to study these things and that'll help you get where you want. Like, you know, but ultimately it is a means to an end and that end for this year, at least is in sight and only three more weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. I'm free. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose like the way we kind of think of it is that like, you know, at the end of the day, I have like a year and a half left. You have like two years left. And like, once that's over, like we're going to have so much fucking fun. It's going to be too easy. Literally, it's going to be writing for the. It already is too easy. Writing for the militia, writing or lit, recording sickening podcasts, like in. I can't wait. It's going to be great. I can't <laughs> wait to just write for fourteen hours a day, like Literally. every day. Too easy, but yeah, um, yeah. So for anyone that is in college, because I've actually gotten a lot of questions about this recently, don't just drop out of your course at the drop of a hat because you've been sold this fake promise that um, every day of your life should feel like. Uh, a dream and you should never hate going to work and stuff because like you know you do have to make sacrifices to get to any sort of goal that is actually worth achieving um, and I think that because people follow just social media influencers and stuff a lot of the time there is this kind of fake promise that's sold to you and it's not really reality most of the time those people are absolute outliers and to be honest not everyone wants to be the person that is a social media influencer like if you want to be an engineer you want to be a lawyer you want to be a doctor you want to be a carpenter whatever you're going to have to do some things that you don't like doing to get there you mightn't like getting up for work every day and that is completely fucking okay right yeah is that right patty like a hundred percent like i i don't know like i i don't like how it is perpetuated that you have to love every single last thing about your job like i hate being taxed that's oh, me i fucking hate my job fucking hate being like taxed. fucking being taxed is, is actually being is actually scum like but anyway uh that doesn't mean i have to hate my job you know so there's going to be parts of it that you hate i hate fucking sending letters to the revenue that's why i get you to do it School. Uh, <laughs> but uh like i hate all those little things like i'm not a businessman like uh, you're not a businessman no. even though we do have a business yeah. you know like it's nice it's nice that whole kind of idea of maybe like oh yeah having your own business but at the same time like man i'm more interested in helping people than just doing all this bullshit number stuff in the background like that's not me you know a hundred percent like you know like being on this entrepreneurial grind or yeah. whatever like you have to be a certain type of person for it and like realistically neither of us are businessmen and like we'd rather have someone run the business for us but then you just become employees yeah. you know yeah. so it is one of those things where it's like yeah like we don't enjoy every single last thing that we have to do for our whole like i have to design the website and it's like this isn't my like it is my job obviously but it's not my job because i'm like i don't know this stuff so i have to learn a lot of stuff to be able to do it so you're not going to enjoy everything but who said you were supposed to you know you've been sold a lie like you're not supposed to enjoy every single last thing yeah. about the whole journey yeah you know but ultimately you have to find your journey so yeah you may dislike a certain thing but that's also telling you what you do like and pushing you further towards your ultimate goal so you kind of do have to go through that you know eating shit phase where mm. it's like Okay, like I, I have to do all the stuff that I just don't want to do because ultimately that's going to facilitate me doing the stuff that I do want to do. You know, like say us putting in all this this work on all the stuff, the little behind the scenes stuff, especially like we're only a new business. We've only been in business a year. Um, and like putting in all the work to get us to the level that we're at now, like half of that wasn't fun. Like it wasn't, 
the most enjoyable stuff, but it's done now. Yep. And now we can do more of what we actually want to do, you know, like setting up, learning how to make a subscription site on the website. Like that wasn't fun. I had to read for like fucking three days about how to do it. And, you know, then I actually had to implement it. And none of that stuff is just fun to do when it's like, oh, this is just taking time out of me doing the stuff that I want to be doing. But ultimately it allows me to do the stuff that I want to do. So if you're in a course or you're in a degree or whatever, that you're like, oh, I hate this. I hate this. Like that could ultimately be the key to your, your path and finishing that out and having the skills and the know-how to actually be able to finish that out will give you skills for your future endeavors. You know, I completely agree. And you know, even within the day-to-day stuff, um, like being brutally honest and in, I, I can say like personal trainers in general, like, you know, there's this kind of thing where all everyone loves their job, love our clients, all of that is true. But like, do you think a person, a personal trainer that still has to wake up at 5 a.m. to go and coach clients or whatever, um, they're still going to be like, oh, I have to get out of bed, you know, or oh, God, I have 10 clients today. Like, sure, you may love coaching. They may love each of those clients and they may love being in the moment with each of those clients and helping them out and stuff. But still that time commitment and the fact that you have to work for that long it's still a burden on pretty much everyone. And there are very, 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 very few outliers that wake up in the morning and they're like, oh yes, I have 10 hours of work today. Thank God I don't only have five, you know? Like that, it doesn't happen. And it's, it's, the mm. same, it's the same with us, like being brutally honest. Like when, when we, if I open my email and I see that I have, you know, 20 check-ins or whatever, like, yeah, I love coaching and I love coaching each of those people and helping them out. But still the fact that I have 20 emails there, it's still like, oh Jesus, let's get through all those. And it's like, it's not a case of just rushing them and getting them done, but it's just a case of realizing that this is still work. Everything that you do is work and not everything is going to be a nice, fluffy little task that you're going to look forward to. So bring those expectations down a little bit because it's not the real world. Is that fair enough? Yeah, 100%. Or do you just wake and up in the morning and just be like, go, yeah, fucking 40 emails, yeah! <laughs> um, nah, like I don't think anyone does that. No. Um, but it's, it's even worse than that, especially if, like, say, personal training, because obviously that's kind of what we work in. But, fucking any business, really, especially if you work for yourself or somewhat for yourself, you know, it's not only that you're thinking about, oh, I have to look after these clients that I have. You're also in the back of your head thinking, oh, I have to get more clients to actually, you know, support the lifestyle that I want to live. So you're not only thinking about giving your best to what you currently have, you're also thinking, okay, no, fuck it. I have to be looking into ways that I can, you know, market myself more effectively, get more clients in the door and all that kind of stuff. So you're not only just thinking about the present, you're also thinking about the future. And I realized like, that's the same in every single business. You know, you're not just thinking of the day's work ahead where you're like, oh, I've whatever, six, eight hours work today. You're also thinking, you know, fuck, like I want to be able to pay for that holiday or my kids fucking school or whatever it is. You want to be able to pay for that down the line. So you're going to have to, you know, pick up some overtime or a second job or, you know, do something else. Like everyone feels all that stress and it's kind of bad in a way that it is sold to, especially the younger generation that, oh yeah, it's an easy life. You just become an entrepreneur and, you know, fucking post a few pictures on Instagram and you're fucking lit. Like that's not the way the world works and you're going to end up sorely disappointed and broke if you think that. And so you have to be very perceptive to what you actually want to do and, you know, actually realize, okay, I'm going to have to fucking work. And some of that work probably isn't going to be enjoyable. So am I better off at least having a fallback in terms of having a degree or something in case that work is just as hard or just as boring and shit as the degree is, you know, are you better off learning the skills while doing your degree to kind of grind through that shit and actually be able to accomplish something at the end of it? Or are you just going to say, Oh, I'm just going to drop out, hated it, didn't like it. Um, and I'm going to pursue my 
fit, fitness goals or whatever it is, you know? Fitness goals. You have to really weigh that option and go, okay, is this actually going to help me long term? Or is finding a way to complete this course, even though I hate it, going to help me more long term? You know, and everyone always uses the kind of examples of, I don't know, like Mark Zuckerberg or something. But it's like, yeah, like all these ones that dropped out, like they dropped out of Princeton and Yale and stuff. They didn't drop out I'm of... going to create Facebook, man, you know, are you? <laughs> yeah, but that's what I mean. Like it's, they're, they're not dropping out to go, oh, I'm going to post a few pictures on Instagram. It's like, yeah. you know, like you're better off as much as I think the college system is overly emphasized and we don't emphasize enough like trades or apprenticeships. Like you have to be very, you have to be very knowledgeable and be able to actually think into the future before you make these big life decisions. You know, mm-hmm. I agree. And like, even from anyway, pers- personal experience, like I on, did, yeah. I did drop out until coming back this year. Took a year out, um, and like even coming back, like I'm probably doing that for like a questionable one percent like increase in our business at some point in the future like it's not the make or break for our business or anything like that but again it's just about like recognizing that you know anything you can do to enhance your future like it's probably a good idea and in the grand scheme of things the year or two that you have left in college it's nothing like that is literally nothing compared to the rest of your life and if you can at least get through that at the least what you will get out of that is a hell of a lot of life lessons of how to do shit that you don't want to do. And that's the way I look at it. I look at it now. And you're probably the same in terms of like recognizing that, yeah, we don't actually need our college degrees. We don't, period. We don't need it. Uh, we can get by without it. Um, and we don't probably enjoy every moment of it either. Um, we'd rather be doing other things. Um, so enduring that short-term struggle is something that will build your character. So it's not just about the degree. It is about building you into a better person over time as well. Um, I think that's an important point. But yeah, anyway, we finished. Yes, we are finished. That is an hour and five minutes. And I know you have to get away to look after the wonderful Delta. The wonderful Um, Delta. I have to do my shopping, um, do my check-ins, go to bed, get up, go to fucking hospital and treat some be an animal. Sick people, man. Broken things. <laughs> <laughs> Broken things. Right. We're going to stop recording now. Um, any last words, Gauruj? Um Don't be a fucking turnip. Absolutely, truly enlightening. Thank you for that. Um, peace out, guys. We will see you next week. Love ya.